Hello and welcome to the Rolling with Old Cars podcast brought to you by the editors at Old Cars Magazine celebrating 50 years in the hobby this year. You could check us out in print or visit us online at www.oldcarsweekly.com or of course through our Facebook, Twitter and social media accounts. Make sure you sign up for our weekly e-newsletter. It is absolutely free. I'm Brian Ernest, the editorial director at Old Cars and this week we are really happy to be joined by Jeff Lane of the Lane Motor Museum in Nashville, Tennessee. And Jeff is the founder and the leader of the museum that bears his name. And for folks who are familiar with the Lane Museum, I'm not saying anything new when I say that it houses a truly amazing collection of cars and other cool stuff. And for anybody who isn't familiar with this museum, do yourself a favor and get on their website, lanemotormuseum.org. And check it out because you might be finding yourself planning a visit. Uh, Jeff, thanks a million for joining us. First off, do you remember, was there like a seminal moment in time or a night where you sat down at your kitchen table that you remember and started planning out this uh, empire that it has become? Was there ever like one defining moment where it, it all, the ball all started rolling on everything? You know, I don't think there was one critical moment where it was kind of like this inflection. So, I mean, it's just kind of it, it just kind of evolved from my passion for cars and my hobby. And, uh, you know, the book that the museum just put out about a year and a half ago, the title of that is A Hobby Gone Wild. And I think that's really a great description of what happened. Uh, I'm sure people ask you this a lot, Jeff. But how, how do you decide what you're going to try to acquire? I mean, you have so many cars from so many different areas. What what kind of criteria have you always used when it comes to acquiring the cars and what do you, what are you looking for and how do you even begin to decide, you know, what you're going to, what you're going to pass on and what you're going to, you know, bite on for lack of a better term. Yeah. So our, you know, our main theme is unique and different cars that people typically haven't seen. So that's, I know that's a really broad category, you know, but under that we have micro cars. Um, you know, we have about 75 micro cars in the collection. So that's one of our major themes. Mm-hmm. So, we're, so we're always looking for, you know, micro cars that we don't have. Um, we also have, you know, 20 Tatras. So Tatra is a big part of our collection, the Czechoslovakian car maker. Right. Um, and then there's the propeller powered cars and the amphibious cars are also a, a big thing in the museum. So, you know, those are for our major categories, not our only category, but so we're always trying to kind of build on those categories. So we're, we're you know, we're looking for cars that, you know, are one-offs or propeller powered or, or micro cars, you know, so it's kind of a mixture of, you know, what, what fits in the collection. I mean, you know, if, if, if we had, if somebody said, you know, uh, you should buy a Mustang, which like, cause it doesn't really, you know, not uh, Mustangs are great, but in this museum, they don't really blend in. Right. So do, do you display other people's cars too, Jeff? Then? I mean, the collection is that, does the museum own all of those or do you get cars on loan or how does that work? Is, is there other car owners' cars in there with them? So typically we, we display our own, you know, our own cars. I mean, uh, most of the cars we have in the collection are owned by the museum. Occasionally we will borrow cars. Like we just, uh, we did an exhibit this year on formula or indie type cars, open right. wheel racing cars, uh, because they did the Indy Grand Prix here a couple of weekends ago in Nashville. And so we borrowed a couple of, we have one Indy car, 
but we borrowed a couple of more Indy cars from uh, the museum in Indianapolis because, you know, we wanted to kind of, because our Indy car is like, a, I think it's a 1990 Dallara, so it's a fairly modern one. Mm-hmm. So we borrowed a couple of older cars from them. Um, but, you know, unless we're doing an exhibit um, where we don't have the cars that we need, that, then, then we'll borrow something from somebody. But typically, we, we don't, it's not very often that we borrow a car from someone. It's got to be funny, Jeff, when you, and I'm sure you see this a lot, guys come in, they, they think they're car guys. You know, they grew up, I'm a car guy, owned lots of cars, worked on cars. And then they come in and they, not only are they going to see a lot of cars there that they've never seen before, there's going to be a lot of stuff there that even hardcore car guys have never even heard of. I mean, stuff that they don't even know exists. You got to sit back and kind of laugh at uh, you know, the reactions of guys who think they know a lot about cars who really are just kind of blown away by everything that's in there that they're not even familiar with. Yeah, it is interesting. People come in, you know, I see people come in all the time and they're, you know, and then when they're leaving, they say like, you know, I've been to like a whole bunch of museums and I've been to a whole bunch of shows and they'll say, you know, 50% of the cars here I've never seen right? <laughs> or maybe only seen in a magazine. And there's some like, I've never heard of that. Right. The, you know, the amphibious, uh, Amphibian we have, which was a rampside pickup that's a one-off that in the 60s they turned into an amphibious car. Uh, you know, so we have a lot of one-offs, um, you know, that people, you know, typically would probably have never seen or maybe only seen in a magazine. So does stuff still come up every now and then, Jeff, that uh, puzzles you or it surprises you that you didn't even know was out there? And I don't know if anybody out there knows anything more, any more about micro cars and kind of obscure cars than you do it does stuff come up still now and then that even surprises you you know car cars do come up still that, that i have no knowledge of or i don't know anything about i was just at dinner um you know with a couple of friends you know four or five nights ago and uh this one guy rafi is into kind of italian um sports cars from the 50s and 60s they were kind of low volume like Beretti and some of the other italian kind of i don't want to say exotic but they call it exeterine is what they call it and he was talking about a car and I'm like, I never heard of that. What is that? And so he goes, here, I have one. Let me show you a picture of it. And it was, you know, very obscure Italian car. They built like five of them or something like that. Um, so there's always, I mean, there's always lots of stuff to learn. And of course, not everything in the museum, far from it, is, is a car. You have, you have stuff that flies and floats and bicycles and other stuff. What other stuff do you do? are you displaying now and how did you make the decision to kind of branch out into other vehicles? So we did branch out a little bit. We have a pretty significant collection of bicycles, um, you know, and that kind of started from, you know, really the early bicycle, you know, developed the path forward to have cars. You know, they made good roads for the bicycles. They did the pneumatic tire. They did high strength tubing to build bicycles. And, and, and a lot of that technology bled into cars. And we actually have a couple of pedal-powered cars. So there's a connection there between the bicycles and the cars. We also have um, about, I think, 10 flying fleas, which are small home-built airplanes that are hanging up in the ceiling in the right. museum. And, and those really tie into the propeller-powered cars that we have. Um, so, again, there's, there, there, there's a tie-in there. Um, so most of the other kind of uh, – we have motorcycles also, and that kind of ties in with – you know, BMW made, well, still makes cars and motorcycles, but, uh, you know, there were other car makers that did that, you know, BSA did that, 
Henkel did that. Um, you know, there's quite a few companies. Vespa actually made a lot more scooters and they made one car, the Vespa 400. So, so most of the other items we have that aren't cars are, are they're related to the cars that we have. And it is often is the case with really good museums. The building itself has a history, a former well-known building in that area. It always seems fitting when a museum collection ends up in a a building with the story. What's uh, what's the story on, on the building that you started? Yeah, we're really lucky on the building. Uh, you know, it was a bakery. It was built in 1950 by the Sunbeam Bakery Company, which was a huge brand in this area. And they spent a million dollars to build this purpose-built bakery, which in 1950 was a lot of money. Right. Um, it's 140,000 square feet. And it's really nice because it's there's a lot of windows um, because back then when they were baking, there was no air conditioning, right? So they had windows that they okay. could open up to let the heat out um, for a little bit of air circulation. It has a brick floor and a wood floor. So the, 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 the museum itself is very industrial because that's where they did all the baking. So that's perfect for cars. Um, and then fortunately they had a, uh, like an indoor parking garage, which is like 20,000 square feet, where they ran their, their, their routes out every day. They had like 28 step vans, I think it was, and that's where they, they parked them inside and they would bake all the bread and then load them in the indoor parking garage, which is well now, now our indoor parking garage. Um, and then underneath the whole building, there's about a 70,000 square foot, I call it basement, um, which is where they stored their boxes and their, there were oil tanks down there and uh, oil for the bread, not oil for a car, but uh, food oil. Um, and so we've turned that into car storage. Um, it drives out in the back, so it's, it's, it's open in the back, but it's from the front of the building, you can't see it. So it's really, a, it's really a great building. A lot of people come here and say, you know, how on earth did you find this? But we, we, we found it luckily. 70,000 square feet footprint there, Jeff. You can get a lot of micro cars and you can get a lot of tiny cars in that area. Yeah, yeah, that's what I t- that's what I tell people when you start collecting cars, start with micro cars because you can get about you can get about fifteen of them in a two car garage, and on top of that, when they break down, you can push them yourself. You don't need any help to push them around. So, that's right. Yeah. It, so, first of all, how many? How many roughly? I suppose it changes very frequently. How many are you up to total cars? And the second part of the question is. How often do you try to, are you on a schedule where you try to get everything to start and run periodically? Because that's an awful lot of cars and how big of an ordeal is it? I mean, is everything run regularly or semi-regularly and, and how hard of a, how hard of a chore is that? So we have about 550 cars in the collection currently. Um, about 400 of the cars are, are in running condition. Okay. Um, and we have, two people that really that's their main job is to exercise the cars. We try to drive everything at least twice a year. So, uh, you know, which is a bigger job than you think, because, you know, some people think, okay, just jump in, put the key in it and take off. But, you know, really, I mean, we take the batteries out of the car. So you have to put a battery in it. You have to check the fluids, check the brake lights. Uh, of course not, you know, I'm sure you're shocked to hear this, but not, every time does, does it just fire right up? Right. <laughs> sometimes it does. Sometimes it's like, and sometimes it fires up and something's leaking. Okay. So, um, it's more work than you think, but that's, uh, that's, that's the way we do it to try to keep the cars, you know, moving and running and, uh, you know, being seen as they should be seen moving down the road. 
and you have uh, events where obviously the cars get out and are regularly seen and are regularly running. Uh, you have a big annual rally. Why don't you tell us about that and any other events that people might want to know about associated with the museum? Sure. So we have a, what we call a fundraiser rally. It's uh, usually in October. We do two Saturdays. Um, it's where someone can rent a car for the day. We set up a, a you know, uh, it's more of a tour. I don't want to say rally because we set up a, I don't want to say a course, but we set up a schedule of where you go. We drive about 75 miles in the morning, then we have lunch, and then we drive about 75 miles in the afternoon to come back to the museum. Um, so, uh, you know, again, that's a chance for us to get the cars out, a chance for people to experience the cars, you know, and it's also a chance for the museum to make some money to do that. Um, we also do three special event days uh, per year. They're usually uh, three to four. Um, they're generally in the summer and on those special event days, we generally give like we give rides to the public. Uh, we might have the Tatra T87, Citron ID, ID19. We pick different cars to give rides in and we do about a five mile ride. Uh, we have kind of a five mile loop, uh, you know, outside the museum where we go around. And so people get about, about 10 minutes in the car. Um, we also do demonstrations uh, in the museum, like maybe start up the Helicron, demonstrate one of the micro cars. Uh, there's other things that we do. And we also do free vault tours on those special event days. You said you mentioned the book already, Jeff. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? And do you have any other big plans? You got any other? Are you, are you hatching any big plans or big projects for the museum for the future? Uh, so first of all, the book, yeah, the book came out in March of, of last year. Um, it's really, so it's a, it's an introduction to the history of the museum. And then we selected 50 cars to go in the book. Um, and our intent is every three or four years to do another volume and do 50 more cars. Um, and we realized that we couldn't do 500 cars in one book because one, it would take too long. It would be too expensive. So it's going to be kind of a series uh, as we go on and on with the cars. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, you know, we got that going on. Big plans, Hatch, you know, um, it's been a really busy kind of May onwards, right? I, as I tell everybody that the nine month uh, car show schedule got compressed into like five, right? Cause sure. All the, all the spring events, or I don't know if all of them, but almost all of them got really kind of postponed to later into the summer so um you know we we, we just uh uh got back from pebble beach and i'm just getting ready to go to uh um uh, rally to the sun in montana so um you know we've done a bunch of rallies this summer uh, and that's been real fun so um you know there, there, there's a lot going on now so do you ever just sit back jeff and scratch your head and say, man, I cannot, I cannot believe what this has all become. I mean, 500, your, your collection has grown to 550 cars. You're running all over the country, going to big events and uh, you got this huge operation going on and rallies and books and everything. Do you, do you sit back sometimes and, and marvel at how, how uh, the momentum has, has taken you to this point in time? I mean, it's really become a far, be like you said, far beyond a hobby. It's, uh, it's really grown into something big, hasn't it? You know, I, I'm, I'm not a great person on sitting back and reflecting. So I'm kind of, I'm more, you know, I'm more focused on what, you know, what's, what's in front of us and what's ahead. I'm not saying I never think about that, but, uh, you know, and, and, and a few times I reflect on it, it kind of surprises me. Because again, 
you know, uh, as, as I say in the book that there was never like a grand plan. People say, okay, you planned that, you know, you had those all planned out. Right. And, and that's really not what happened. It, it kind of just happened. Sure. Uh, so it, it, it is a little surprising to me. Okay. So you got one car, you get one car to take out for the day. What's your favorite car? You get one car, you're going to buzz around in all day and just have some fun. What are you taking? You know, that's such a tough one because uh, I like all the cars. But, uh, you know, so as a kid, um, I my dad had an MGTF that I helped him restore when I was a kid. And when I was 12, he asked me what I wanted for Christmas. And I said, you know, since I helped you restore your TF, I want a TF of my own. So he gave me a TF <laughs> Christmas when I was 12. The catch was that it was all in pieces. It was all apart. Um, so I spent the next four years restoring that car, um, drove it, you know, for years and years. Um, and it's, it's here in the museum. I actually just took it on the sports car market rally, uh, like a month ago. So if I had to, you know, it's my first car, it's a special car. I, you know, obviously put a lot of sweat equity into, into making it a car. I took my driver's training test in it. Uh, so I would have to pick that one, my 55 MGTF. Terrific. Jeff, hey, we want to thank you again for joining us. If people want to plan a visit or keep up on what's going on with the museum, what should they do? Uh, so we have a great website, uh, lanemotormuseum.org. Um, it has all of our events listed on there. So that's really the best way to, to kind of keep up with what's going on on the museum. There's a schedule of future events. There's also on the website, you know, I, we talked about the 550 cars, but we have a section that says cars in a collection and we have every car, uh, picture, three or four pictures of it, a description of it. So for someone that's interested in maybe one of our obscure cars and can't get here, they can look at the website and certainly, you know, uh, find yourself on that. Terrific. That's going to do it for this episode of our podcast. A reminder to check us out at www.oldcarsweekly.com and on our Facebook page, other social media outlets. Uh, thanks again to Jeff Lane of the Lane Motor Museum. We sure appreciate him joining us. Um, or Old Cars, if you're not a subscriber, we'd love to have you on board this year as we celebrate 50 years in the old car hobby. Uh, I'm Brian Ernest, and for all the folks at Old Cars headquarters in Wisconsin, thanks for joining us on Rolling with Old Cars.